this is it. Episode number, we're going to do it right now. Episode 231. Wow. Yeah. a lot. Uh-huh. I feel like I was on episode like eight or something. Uh, I should have looked that up, Pete, but I did not. Mm-hmm. But I know the last one was like 190-something. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. You, you're getting up there with the uh, Tim Slaggles of the world for the most appearances on No Laugh Track podcast. Really? Yeah. Am I like uh, Am I like Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin on SNL? Like, are we a part of the Green Jacket Club? <laughs> 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 yeah. If you go backstage right now, Tim is back there, and yeah. uh, we all Brian uh, Miller and Tim Slagle are back there waiting for you to do the handshake. <laughs> yeah, we all hang out in that room. It's it's kind of like a Friars Club. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, it's really great. I call out the extras. I uh, I need to. Before we really get going here, I need to thank Circle of Heat for letting us play their music there at the beginning. I know you were rocking out to it. Thank you, Circle of Heat. Yes, thank you, Circle of Heat. And uh, here we are, episode 231, and I'm here with Pete Lee. And I was here, we were both here last night. You were on the stage. I didn't touch the stage because that's not what I do here. I sit in the audience and watch the show. You could have touched it. I could have touched it? You could have touched it. Nobody would have been mad if you touched it. All right. Well, I didn't. I stayed, I kept my space. I had some awesome seats right there. Yeah, you were right there. I I saw you laughing during the show. Yeah. Like, I, whenever I know somebody in the audience, I never, I never really look at you. But you're, you were in my periphery, and I was enjoying oh. your reaction. Okay. Without like a direct eye connection, because I. That's interesting. I was wondering if you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say that if somebody's in the crowd and and I'm friends with them, it feels weird to, because like I have I have an actual connection with you, and if like I don't like I I'm a firm believer that that you're trying to connect with the energy of the crowd as a whole. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a blob of energy coming towards you. And sometimes when you single out your energy at one person, it almost like drops the other energy. Mm, okay. I, I don't know if any other comedians have ever felt that or sensed that. Um, you know, sometimes if you're talking to a single audience member, that's okay because then everyone's sharing that. Yeah. What's happening with energy. But um, I'm not like a guy that has crystals in my pockets or anything like that. <laughs> um, I'm not like some weird, some weird uh, cosmic universe energy person. But right. it's just something that you know. It, it's something that I felt um, over the years, and like I think each room has an energy to it. Like I, I've been, um, I've been doing. I started doing stand up 19 years ago on the stage on Martin Luther King Day, and like I swear to God that you know there's there's like was that before or after it was a national holiday uh, <laughs> well trump's in office so it won't be anymore <laughs> oh god wouldn't that be terrible um but no oh I'm, my god could you I, imagine <laughs> we're, yeah um we're it's coming gonna, up by the way yeah we're gonna make it ivanka trump day <laughs> like he just names it after one of his kids um but like i'm a firm believer that this like the wood in this room has absorbed so much energy from such great comics that mm-hmm. like there is an energy in this room. What would happen if we bur- if we uh, got to burn this wood? Would those spirits be released? Yeah, I think I think it would. I think just because we're in Minnesota, the wood would actually burn with a purple flame, flame be- because of Prince. Aww. Uh yeah, it'd be a purple flame, purple, purple flame. That was stupid. And Don't I apologize. Hate. And let, let me call you out right now that you did a few puns on stage last night. Oh, I love puns. Yeah, I yeah, I, I love. They're punny. They're so they're so. Stop. They're so funny. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did. One of them that I did that didn't work um, was I. I've been doing this bit about uh, Emily Glotty came up with it. Uh, if you you've had her on here, right? Oh yeah, Emily Glotty. Yeah, one more um, appearance and she joins the. 
the the club. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Emily and I hang out a lot in New York City. She's my friend, and um, we were hanging out, and I was just talking about how like now I'm single, Pete. And like single Pete's crazy, and she and she was like, you know how things on the internet are like, they'll be like it's cold AF, and yeah. you know like there's an AF after mm-hmm. it, and it means like it's cold as fuck. She goes, you're like Pete AF. She goes, now now that you're single, you're Pete as fuck. <laughs> and um, so I was doing it. I've been re- trying to write a bit about being Pete as fuck, and you know when you're you know when you're writing the bit, you're kind of. You're trying to put things in and take things out, and like I have an opening line in the bit that works, I have a closing line that works, and then I don't have a middle, and so I tried out a different middle to it. Oh, okay. And um, and the middle was uh, uh, I saw a girl crouch down petting her dog, and I like pointed at the dog, and I go, "Yeah, you felt that," and like I thought it was funny, but the crowd was like, "Nope, <laughs> not funny," and it actually was a true story. Yeah. I, Okay. Um, I was just about to walk into Central Park, cu- girl cute as hell, crouched down, point, and I just was like, and it came into my mind to say it, and I said it, and she laughed. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, she laughed, like, like that was funny, that was stupid. <laughs> like, but um, the crowd here was, like, not buying it. But, like, in general, in comedy, if you can't get a joke to work at Acme, it's not going to work anywhere else. Okay. So, like... Like, cause these are the easiest crowds in America. So, like, like if if it bombs here, like if I took that to New York, they'd be like, "Boo!" Like, I might get shot. Is what I'm okay. saying. Okay. Did you? Uh, so there'll be a different version of that later this week or tonight? Or yeah, tomorrow? yeah. I have some replacements that I've been tinkering with. Um, sometimes, if I can't get the like the middle of the three to work, um, example wise, I. Like, I just leave it at two until I come up with one. Because you know, the two are really funny. And sometimes the crowd doesn't understand the rule of three. Sometimes um, they subconsciously do. And I think sometimes they're like, where's the next one? Yes. So they'll notice that something's a little asymmetrical. But, um, but you know, they'll just have to deal with it until I can get funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till Saturday. No, um, yeah. I noticed, I don't remember if this is based on a conversation we've had on other uh, No Laugh Track podcasts or if it's something, maybe even you said in the uh, the movie, uh, I Need You to Kill, mm-hmm. which we can talk about a little bit here. But um, yeah. uh, ta- you mentioning, and I tried to pay attention to it last night, but last night was weird. And it, what I'm getting to is the, the f- first thing you say when you come out on stage. Oh, the Flash. The Flash. Yeah. Yes, we've had this conversation before. We Last had- night was a little different because uh, Greg Coleman, who's the MC, got involved, and he had some people standing up here. Oh, he yeah. He had been harassing them for getting up to use the restroom, and then they came back and he made them stand. No, no, no. Stand up. Stand up till Pete gets out here. And yeah. I'm like, oh, what's his... F-? I didn't think. I didn't remember the term Flash, but I'm like, what's he going to do? This is going to affect his first line, yeah. getting everybody's attention. I liked it because, yeah, I mean, I felt like... I don't know if you you felt like this throughout the beginning of the show, but I felt like they were a little stiff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that crowd, you know, like it's almost like um, sometimes as a comic, you feel like a defensive coordinator like, like or, or like an offensive coordinator where you're reading the defense. You're like reading what the defense is doing. Oh, yeah. Okay. And um, and so like I was in the back of the room watching while Erica was on stage and almost kind of like joke by joke by joke. I was thinking, like, okay, this is how they are. No, this is how they are. I was, like, gaining information about them. And so when I walked out here and they were a little bit more of a low-energy crowd, I was so happy that Greg made them do something weird. 
Okay. Because not that I couldn't have jump started them, but I was like, okay, this is great. And I'm also, you know, I'm an improviser who's like a seasoned improviser. And I, I don't, when I walked out and I saw that, I was like, I have no idea where this is going to go, mm-hmm. but I'm going to go with it. And even if it's not funny, I'll go with it. Yeah. And okay. it turned out to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what I said. Like whenever you're in the moment, you're not recording. Like you're not, your brain's not recording what you said gotcha. usually, but I recorded on my phone. Um, but yeah, that was fun. And then I knew that I wanted to talk about the cold weather right off the bat. And, um, you know, I, 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 that, that crowd was definitely one of those Minnesota crowds. That's like, like we want to laugh. We definitely want to laugh at some edgy real stuff, you know, but like, we don't want anybody else to know that we're, that we're like maybe bad people, <laughs> you know, like it was one of those crowds. So they were, um, you know, I'm liberal. I'm definitely liberal in my political beliefs. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'm ethically li- like I, but like it's funny. Some Minnesota crowds are so liberal that they're actually conservative. You know, they're they're like we are so open-minded to everyone that actually everything offends us. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what that crowd was. So we I, only know what we know. Yeah, we know. Oh, we know too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I felt like I I had a feeling right off the bat last night that I had to go out and challenge them, which is, it's probably like three degrees off from my, my personality, my stage persona to be the one. I'm normally the one that everyone in the crowd sort of agrees that they're, they're a worse person than me. I'm like the one that's going up there like, Oh, I'm, I'm way too nice. And I'm a goody goody and I'm whatever. And with that crowd, I felt like I felt like they were looking at me like I was in a street gang with what my life has been. Like, I was way more hardcore than them in everything in life. <laughs> I felt like I was talking to a church group, to be honest with you. And, and like, they were looking at me like, what a bad boy. You know, so it I was... Want, you think that that's... I'm, I don't know, but I'm assuming probably that has to do with groups. Like, uh, maybe some of the crowd didn't just come here on their own, necessarily. They came in a group, like, from work or some sort of party or oh, something. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, you're, if, if you're at a show with your boss... <laughs> you can't you can't laugh at some things that you would laugh at if you were with your boyfriend or your best friends. Yeah. You gotta like be like, like like if somebody makes a joke about cocaine, you can't be like, ha, ah, been there. Yeah, you, gotta, right. you gotta be like, oh, what what's that? I don't understand the reference, what? but everyone's laughing. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it on TV, so I get it, but like, I don't understand. But yeah, that was yeah, that was kind of that crowd last night. But so I. I I challenge like my flash. I knew that the flash uh, of getting them involved and getting them hot had to be that I needed to challenge them and I needed to like like make them a little uncomfortable. And um, one of the ways that I did it was, uh, and I never say this word on stage. Uh, I said the word retarded. I, I noticed, and especially st- stood out because of a conversation you and I had yeah. an hour before that out here at the bar. Regarding yeah. your uh, TV appearance earlier this week, yeah, and I couldn't say it on TV, and um, and I I generally don't like that word, but I was I just I literally wanted words are symbols, and um, and I said that people are retarded for living in Minnesota because you could live somewhere else, and like, but uh, the word retarded is a symbol that means that there's something wrong you, with you physically or mentally, mm-hmm. like there's actual an actual like structural defect and i was using it in that term of like like i wasn't making fun of mentally challenged people i was saying right 
if you live here, there's something structurally wrong with your brain. Mm-hmm. And um, and I knew that it would ruffle feathers. And there was a girl that was sitting right there that from that moment on, she was arms crossed. Oh, like, really? You could tell that she was she was that girl that was like, I met a retarded person once and I'm offended. And like, like and it's, you know, I, I understand that. But like yeah. I it was the, it was that kind of crowd that like I had to say something to like make to stretch their boundaries and make them uncomfortable and then i had to bring it back into into like my friendly persona right. and like and like i i i basically threw a giant boulder in the water and made waves and then i smoothed it out and then went from there but um if you're listening i i'm sorry that i said the word retarded <laughs> in my in my act but there's one apology yeah no i am sorry like I don't want to offend anybody, but um, I also, f- I don't know, like, I also feel like, I feel like words are symbols and they mean something. And um, and s- some words are offensive and that also means something. And that's also, like, that's a useful tool sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I certainly, to quote Dave Mordahl of all people, there's no one kinder than the mentally cha- than mentally challenged people and those who take care of them. You know, like. Very um, true. So I mean, no, no offense to those two groups. That should be on a that should be like a Dave Mordahl quote on a wall somewhere. Yeah, yeah, like like there are two Dave Mordahl quotes. Like there's there are no kinder people than mentally challenged than the mentally challenged and those who take care of them. And also like women suck. Yeah, right. They're the worst. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, broads, who can handle them? <laughs> he's, he's so he's so different. On the spectrum. Hey, you mentioned uh, our friend Emily Glotti. I love her. I su- you went to Hamilton, dude. Oh my god, we were um, we were in uh, we were in Grand Rapids, Michigan. She was opening for me at Doctor Grin's, and uh, for, first of all, having a great time together. Like, and I've had a few people because I just went through a breakup, and I've had a few people say to me like, "So what's going on with you and Emily Glotti?" And I don't know if she's had that on her end, but like truly truly just good friends and like you know i don't know if you've ever gone through a breakup but like it sometimes helps to hang out with someone like of the gender you just broke up with who is just cool and gives you like a positive experience Mm -hmm. with that gender again Mm -hmm. and um my mom your mom (laughs) i just like to hang out with mom but emily and i spent the week in michigan and i just had a blast with her and like nothing, nothing romantic. Like I've hung out. We went to Aspen one time together for the festival and snowboarded. And like, mm-hmm. and she's just a, she really is a really good friend. And um, she she she's so wise. She couldn't help me like get over my breakup more by just being a good friend. Awesome. But I mentioned to her, uh, hey, I've never seen Hamilton. And she's like, oh my god, my roommate is the assistant director, Uh-oh. and we can get tickets. She's like, do you want to go on Wednesday? And I was like. That's not what I expected you to say. Do you want to go on Wednesday? Yeah. So we went. You we mean got, this Wednesday? This Wednesday. We went. We got standing room tickets. I was like, I'll pay. I go, I'll buy that. I'll buy the, whatever the cost is. I don't care if they're 300 each. I'll pay. Okay. Um, but if you if you can just get them. I go, and I'll take you out for like a nice dinner afterwards as a thank you. So we ended up going to Will Call. The tickets were $40. Oh wow! Do you understand? Like tickets to Hamilton are like eight hundred dollars. Yeah, 
they were forty dollars each, so I paid for that. And then afterwards, you told we, her they were two hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish. I mean, she knew because they were under her name, but like, but she, yeah. We and then afterwards, yeah, we went to Del Frisco Steakhouse, and we, um, my God, it was that Hamilton is. I, I all right. Like, do you know when somebody says something is so awesome, like, you gotta go see it, mm-hmm. um, and then you're like, eh, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, Hamilton is that awesome. Mm, okay. It is so good. Every single song is better than the next, and it tells a part of our, our country's history that is especially pertinent now, um, you know, now that Trump is happening um, Did you know the story of Hamilton, Alexander Hamilton, before? I mean, much? Yeah, I did. I mean, I knew about him. I knew a little bit of, of his life. Um, uh, I didn't know that he died ever. Uh, I thought he was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a shocker at the end. Uh, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler alert. If you're if you're gonna go see Hamilton, he dies. Uh, but no, I mean, I I. I mean, really, like of the of our founding fathers, almost everyone has had their story told, and he hasn't. Mm-hmm. And um, his his wife Eliza wrote you know wrote a book about him and told his story, um, but nobody read it. And then um, and then uh, Lynn Manuel Miranda, the guy that wrote and stars uh, in Hamilton, I guess he was on a beach vacation, and he read the book on the beach, and he was like, I cannot stop reading this and oh. i guess while he was reading it he just started writing songs in his head because he's a composer and he was like he just envisioned the whole thing wow. and made this thing and then there was a big there was a big stink because he wanted to make a play about hamilton and he wanted all the characters to be black yeah and i gotta i gotta say something like that was one of the best creative choices he could have ever made because it, you know when you see if you're watching a play and you see George Washington and it's just some white guy in a wig and you you look like you're looking at a cartoon of George Washington right. it's a caricature mm-hmm. um there's nothing human about that person but there was a black bald guy that played George Washington oh. and he was so vulnerable and he had so much empathy and emotion that you were like oh my god in this moment I'm finally seeing George Washington as a human being and wow. um yeah it was it, it was it was really cool. And we just went to uh, last Saturday. My grand, uh, my parents had given us uh, tickets. Me and my wife and the girls, my daughters, we mm-hmm. went and saw Cinderella at the Children's Museum here in Minneapolis. All black cast. Uh, <laughs> not c- close, actually. Really? Cinderella's black. Really? That's great. The prince is black. That's terrific. And the stepsisters are men playing women. Really? Really. That is very progressive. Yeah. So ties in perfectly with what you were just saying. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually thinking about taking my act and then outsourcing it to a black cast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cast a black guy as Pete Lee. And then it's going to. Wait, wait, wait. Asian, obviously. I, that's what you'd expect. Oh, but you're right. I, you're right. What I want I him to about? be. I'm missing the point. Maybe it could, like, maybe it could be someone who's black and Asian. Like Tiger Woods, tiger. yeah, like Tiger. <laughs> I'm gonna get Tiger Woods to go out and play me, and it's gonna be an off-Broadway sensation. Yes. But I, yeah, Hamilton. I have it on my phone, and um, the soundtrack. Because Emily was like, "You got to get the soundtrack." And the next day, I was like, "I guess I'm gonna listen to this again," and I haven't stopped listening to it. Really? So, with everything about me, 
uh, that's already gay. Now I listen to Broadway musicals <laughs> in my phone, but I still am interested in women. Have you expanded? <laughs> you haven't expanded to other show tunes? No, no. no. Um, yeah, like I, you know, it was like people who like this also loved guys and dolls. Yeah. And I was Paint like, my wa- I don't even know the name. Paint my wagon or whatever yeah. the hell it is. <laughs> Oklahoma. Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. I know. I haven't. Um, I haven't expanded to that, but you have cats memorized. Oh, meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I just, yeah, that maybe that's what's next in my life is I'm gonna get really into show tunes. But Ham- Hamilton is so good, and it's it's like hip hop. It's all hip hop mm-hmm. and R and B, um, and yeah, it it's phenomenal. Nice, nice, nice. I wanted to uh, let's. We brought it up. Let's see. Let's talk about the roast battle thing. I watched you on TV just this week. Yeah. Now, let's go back. When I saw you uh, at the beginning of November, you were here performing as part of the 25th anniversary show. Mm-hmm. Talked to Jackie was here last week. We talked to Jackie Cation about that a little bit last week. I love her. Yeah, right? She, she, um, uh, she, she I, I wrote that I was going to be here this week, and then she, te- she commented on my thing. She goes, yeah, have fun following my NYE genocide uh, joke, and uh, I, apparently she had a joke that was she called uh, New Year's Eve genocide. Oh. She wrote it as NYE genocide, and I wrote, "I just hope that on your set list you have it named as Bill Nye the genocide guy." <laughs> <laughs> That's a pun. That's a pun. I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, we did, yeah, we did the Acme 25th anniversary show here, and I. I flew in exhausted. Like, I had flown in from doing a string of gigs. Uh, and then I flew in really exhausted from that weekend because it was on a Sunday. Yeah. And then, um, like, almost had no sleep going into the show. And then, you know, you get here and you see everyone that you love. Oh, yeah. It was almost like a comedy wedding. There were too many because I didn't, like, I got home was like, oh, you know who was here and didn't, I didn't even say hi to. And yeah. Yeah. There's too many people I knew. Couldn't I, get to them all. Yeah, I was like, I was overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I felt overwhelmed by the amount of people. Like, have you ever been to something with like your spouse's work people, and you're like, God, I hate everyone here, and I don't want to talk to any of them. Like, yes, <laughs> like <laughs> I've definitely done that. And this, the Acme 25th anniversary, was the exact opposite of that. You're mm-hmm. like, everyone in this room, I want to talk to, and I love. And maybe that means that I was the one in the like they were looking around like oh we don't want to talk to Pete <laughs> like, no but, no um, but no it was it was so fun and then we all did we all did the show and Brian Miller came out with this sparkly shirt that said uh, I'm funnier than Nate Abshire mm-hmm. and it brought the house down because it was sparkly in sequence oh, and yeah. it, the shimmer on mm-hmm. the shirt never seen anything like it I've never seen it was a sh- Las Vegas on a t-shirt yes I've never seen a shimmer mm-hmm. on a shirt like that. No. And so it was just crumpled up in the green room right before I got on. I put it on, and then I went out, and I was like, oh, is this ever embarrassing? Like, I wear my favorite shirt, and then, like, someone else has the same shirt on. And it, uh, it also, you guys, it brought the house down twice. Oh, my God. Uh, but, um, yeah, so we, uh, and then we went and partied, and then um, we ended up over at J.D. Hoyt's, and partied even more, mm-hmm. and there was more scotch, and more chemicals, and more whatever. And then I had to fly back to New York on a six a.m. flight. Uh, yes, yeah, so, with so, no sleep, I'm guessing. Uh, 
No sleep. Yeah. Just like you know how disappointed it is to have like a really nice hotel room that the only thing you do on the bed is that you set your suitcase on to just repack it. <laughs> Never experienced that. <laughs> I've had it happen a lot where I'm like, what a waste. Like no one no one had sex in this room or slept. And it's just amazing. I had a view of all downtown Minneapolis. Oh man. Yeah. I was like, what a waste of a room. And then I got back, I got on the plane, and I was just all wired from being so excited to see everybody. Couldn't sleep on the plane. Uh, got back to New York. Um, I had, I knew I had to tinker with some of my roast jokes because I was still, you know, you're writing them up to the point that you do it. And then my ex came over to my apartment, and, she, you know, she was then my current. And she is a comedian and a joke writer, and so we, like, got into a fight about, like some of the jokes that I should do, my joke selection. Oh. But I'm the one that's got to do them on national TV. And so I was, and most fights I would roll over, but I was like, no, I got to, I got to choose the funniest ones. And, um, we got into like a fight and then like that, like woke me up. So I couldn't even sleep. I, I tried to nap and I couldn't even sleep. And then before I knew it, it was like alarm went off, no sleep. Got to go for my 5 PM call time. And I'm just at the thing and I was like, "What in the hell do I do? I'm, I'm rocked out of my mind right now. Like I am, I am insane. Like I'm starting, wow. to, I'm starting to hear things. Like that's how tired I was. And I'm sitting in the green room of this taping. And where was it? It was in New York City at the Village Underground. The Comedy Cellar owns this venue called the Village Underground. And um, and so like I perform there all the time. I'm comfortable. I'm with all my friends that were doing the thing. So I was like, "What do I, what do I do to get my mind right?" So um, I have these things called GABA pills, and anybody who has anxiety, um, there's there's this um, the stuff that your brain naturally secretes called GABA um, that is it's, it's a neuro I don't know it's a neuro brain something is what Close I'm gonna call it. but it calms down your amygdala and it's it's it does the same thing that Xanax does but it's herbal. Oh. Um and you can get it at like any one of the those like crunchy whole herbal food stores. Yeah. And so I normally take like one or a half of one before if I have like an audition or like if if I'm filming something like I'll take one and it total it, it's crazy. It just you have the same amount of energy that you normally have in life. It's not like a Xanax where you're like I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Uh, you have the same amount of energy, but it just shuts off your fight or flight. And you're like, yeah, I'm cool. I I don't mind anything that normally would make me feel anxious at all. So I chugged probably 300 milligrams worth of uh, cold brew coffee and then chased it with two of those. (laughs) So I got myself up and calm. Uh Uh-huh. Again, throwing the boulder in the water and smoothing it out. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I um, yeah. So I, I'm doing uppers and downers, basically all um, arounders. Yeah, it's coffee and herbal herbal downers. Um, look at me, I'm peat as fuck. <laughs> I'm, that is peat as fuck. <laughs> I'm mixing chemicals, and it, it was crazy. Like 45 minutes later, I'm sitting in the green room because before I was like, oh god, what am I gonna do? I'm freaking out, and then I was like, let's do this. Right on. <laughs> I was so ready to do it then, and then. Also, once you hit the stage, your adrenaline kicks in, and um, I don't know. Like, I felt so on. When I got on stage, I I got on stage, and um, Brian Moses is the host, 
And I walked on stage with no plan of what to do other than my four roast jokes. And I just like looked at Brian's face and I, and I was like, uh, he said, he's like, Hey Pete Lee. And then I, I, I go, thanks travel size, Patrick Ewing. <laughs> Cause he like has the face of Patrick uh-huh. Ewing, but he's shorter and the crowd erupted. And yes. then, um, I was riffing with the judges and Jeff Ross and it was, it didn't feel like a roast anymore. It felt like I was roasting everything. Mm-hmm. Or I, I, it really felt like a roast because I felt like I was roasting everything. And then not the, just the battle of the one person that you were going against. Yeah, yeah, and I think I won my. I think I won my round because I was the whole time I was riffing and improvising on everything, and he really was only doing his jokes against me, yeah. and I was also doing jokes of a similar caliber against him. Mm-hmm. And I think the. Yeah, the whole thing was really fun. The there were a couple jokes that I made at the judges um that I wish would have gotten in. Um How much so from what they showed on Comedy Central this past week versus how much you did, like well, how much did they take out? They I mean the whole our battle was probably like 12 minutes. Oh, like that 10, long? 10 to 12 minutes, yeah, and cuz they really took their time with everything and I think they cut it down to like th- Actually, it was each battle was one commercial break, so I think it was four and a half minutes. But um, yeah, Lisa, Lamp- Lisa Lampanelli had um, this blue streak in her hair, yeah. And I told her that she looked like she just got fingered by Elsa from Frozen, <laughs> and that was a really good one. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, that didn't make it. <laughs> oh, what else? What else did, did I? Did you say? did you know? So Lisa, so the judges, people that didn't see it, it was Jeff Ross's Roast Battle Season 2, I guess is what it's called, right? Yeah. And then Lisa Lampanelli was one of the judges. Did you know her at all? Did you ever cross paths with her? I worked with her once at Gotham Comedy Club, and I don't know how well or not she knows me. You know, we hung out once, and Jim Norton I've been a fan of forever. Uh, You know, like, I I love that guy. I used to listen to Opie and Anthony with him on there and stuff, and and I met him that night. And so okay. that was cool to have him, you know, respond to my jokes. And um, and then Mike Lawrence, who was one of the judges who run, he won the first uh, season of this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of my close friends. And he's also somebody that, like, his jokes for the other roasts, like, I wouldn't say that I helped him write any of his jokes, but he, I'm somebody that he bounces everything off of. Oh. And then I, I might give him, like, a wordsmithing kind of a thing. Okay. And then Jeff Ross... Jeff's somebody that I've known for a long time, and then you know you're down at the cellar and you you hang out. Like there was a show that Jeff and I did that De Niro. I might have talked about it on here before, but De Niro was in the crowd. Yeah, and, that's right. You know, Jeff co-wrote that movie, The Comedian, Comedian yeah. and Jeff was like pissing his pants that De Niro was there to watch him because that's the appropriate reaction, right? Um, and then so yeah, Jeff went up, and then I went up after him, and De Niro said nice things to us, and. Crazy. Um, but yeah, so I've known I've known Jeff, and you know, me knowing Jeff was one of the ways that I got to do the roast battle show. But the main factor that contributed to me being on this season was that um, Josh, you know, Josh Weinstein uh, and Lewis forwarded the documentary over to all the people who mattered at Comedy Central. So my manager was in a meeting at Comedy Central, and they were like, hey, we just watched a documentary with one of your clients. We really like him. We want to get him on any show we can, and right now we're casting really? Roast Battles, so would he want to do it? No shit. And yeah, so when I got, the, I got the text about doing Roast Battle, and I texted Josh Weinstein, and, and I was like, hey, man, like, our documentary is already leading to stuff. Uh, that's crazy. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow, that's awesome. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And do, so I've talked about, like, you and I, you've told some of the stories from the Asia tour on this podcast. And uh, now, of course, I've, I've now seen the movie. You've seen the movie. Uh, do you have any updates on where it's where it's heading? I don't know. I'm. I don't. I. You know. I'm going out to dinner with Lewis right after this. Obviously, not dressed like this. I have to go shower, but um, I'm going to ask him what's going on with it. And I, I guess I'm personally. I'm really hoping it gets sold to Netflix or something like that, and it comes out as like a Netflix original. Because mm-hmm. I think that would give the most people the best opportunity to see it. And it would get the pass along on it would be amazing. Yeah. The best I can say or the simplest thing I can say about how good it is is that once people see it, it's going to be good. Well, it's already. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've been proved right. It's already good, going to be good for all of everyone involved. It's going to be good for your careers. And obviously it's already happening for you a little bit. Yeah. It's weird. You know, the one thing that I was weird for me watching, I went out on my birthday. They did a screening out in L.A. Mm-hmm. And. I had seen a rough cut of it, and then um, I watched it again, and, you know, my my ex-wife is in it, and that's, that, like, and she was there, and she was on the trip, and Mm -hmm. we were, basically everything fell, without talking about it, like, everything fell apart in our marriage, and then we had already booked that trip, and so, you know, we we agreed that we were just going to, like, let things go and go on this trip and have a good time, and, um... And for the most part, we did that. But, like, it was still a really – it was, like, a tough emotional trip. And where, like, anytime – I don't know if you've ever been in – if, you know, anybody listening has ever been in a relationship where you agree to go just, like, let things drop and try to just go have fun, the problems are always boiling right underneath the lid. Of course. And so there were a lot of parts of the documentary where if you – if you know, if you end up listening to this and you end up watching it – like, look at my face, and I'm about to cry the whole time because <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm really upset. At the, I'm the most upset you could be in life, and then I'm also filming this documentary and out on a tour in a different country and jet lagged, and and I'm trying to make the most of it, and um, and it was it was one of the coolest things that I've ever done, a, an amazing experience, but I was. I mean, I think like a week later, I started a huge breakdown in my life, and like, um, yeah, like like I. So you're you're watching you're watching a snapshot of my life before I went insane for a little while. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty weird, man. It's gonna be around, you know, not in mm-hmm. front of you, but existing for the forever. Yeah, for the rest of your life and then some. Yeah, and it'll be a snapshot, and like now that things have. You know, there's been two years that have passed since then. Yeah. And, you know, my, uh, you know, I haven't spoken to her. Like, there's no closure or anything like that. Um, you know, we left things pretty amicably. Um, but the more time that goes by, I look back on her and our marriage and the whole experience is like, look, I'm glad I had her in my life for that time. And that, it feels good to have got, gotten to that point. This you is know, different than what you've told me in the past. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was very, I was real angry for a long time, and, um, and uh, yeah, now I feel, I feel really good about it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I don't know. Like it felt, I went back for another tour of Asia, and in a way, like I had really been, I had really been negative about the divorce, and really, um, I just felt terrible. And 
I don't know, it took going to a whole nother country and like getting out of New York, getting out of the country, getting away from almost anything that reminded me of her. Mm-hmm. And I like let it drop. Like I let it drop completely. And when I came home from that trip, I looked back on it. And I was like, that was almost a bridge where it was a bridge where oh, like, to the other side and mm-hmm. where I could feel better about it all. But yeah. So if you watch it, she's in it and, um, and I'm cool with it now. Yeah. I want to, um, along those lines, like, as you said earlier today on this podcast and you said it last night on stage, single Pete, single Pete. And now as I've put things together and you're saying that you were still with the last relationship girl, uh, is recent as the beginning of November. We're just the beginning of January and you're on stage talking about single, single Pete. Pete, single Pete. So how quick did the, how that's pretty, it's kind of big that you're back on stage and then just hey here, here's my story here's what's going on yeah it's weird i mean i've written 25 new minutes about single pete and um and it's it's really like when i first when i first got out of that relationship it was 23 days ago so in 23 days i've written 25 new minutes oh my goodness and, yeah and um i mean her, even more recent than i thought yeah it's very Jesus, dude. well her and i her and i broke up and got back together and broke up and got back together and like you know at a you know she's a wonderful person and um like she really is wonderful and her and I together were not a good combination and we were at a certain point but then you know you know when like you need each other in your lives to learn and grow and that person came into your life for a reason and then when that reason sort of expires and you keep holding on that's when you start hurting each other mm-hmm. and it's it's just wrong and um but yeah, I mean, I learned a lot from her. It's really cool, but you know, it was it's weird when you break up with somebody and a lot of your material is about being in a relationship and then all of a sudden you're single and the relationship's not the truth anymore. Yeah. And so for for a couple days, I, I remember doing a, a club weekend where I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna act like I'm still I'm still in a relationship. Okay. Do these jokes while I'm writing the other ones." Okay. And then I feverishly started writing my butt off and. Um, and now I'm, I'm writing about my new life, which is really cool. And it feels really good to write about this experience, which, you know, I haven't been single in 19 years. Like, I, cause I was with, um, I, you know, basically the whole time that I've been doing comedy, I've been in a relationship of mm-hmm. some sort. Uh, I was with my ex. First time I met you, uh, when I, you know, was working on the radio show here locally, I remember you coming in for an early morning, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on air appearance and you were not alone. You were with your girlfriend at the time. I always, I'm one of the Who, most years later you married. Yeah. I'm one of the most codependent people that you've ever met. I, my, my whole system in life involves in being in a team and now I'm, I, I got to learn for the first time how to just be Pete. And I did, I did a bit about being in a relationship with myself yes. last night and, um, and all the dumb things that people say to you that are actually smart, but you know when you said when you were talking about that last night, uh, this is amazing. This is going to be the second week in a row that Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero has come up. Ooh, yeah, uh huh. You ready for this? Yeah. But I'm sitting there as you're doing that uh, part of your uh, of your material last night. Mm-hmm. The first thing that popped in my head was. Uh, when did I don't know? Did you ever watch that show, Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two? I totally watched it. Yeah. Remember when Kelly had to choose between uh, Brandon and Dylan? Oh yeah. And then they're standing there, and she's like going to tell them who she's decided to go off with for the summer. Mm-hmm. And then she pulls a fast one and says, "I choose me." <laughs> I choose me. I was like, Pete chooses me. I chose me. Yeah, Pete yeah. chooses Pete. I chose me. Yeah, I mean. 
Yeah, and the, like I, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship where like you you start to really learn that like you love the person, but it's bad for you, and it's also bad for them, and then you're telling them that you love them. But how can you say that you love them if you know that you're just being together is hurting them as well? And that's where that's where I came to. And I was like, I, I choose me. I choose me is what I did. <laughs> and I. Yeah. And now I'm learning how to spend time alone and I'm learning, you know, and my brother is amazing. He's been texting me all the time and sort of like filling that gap. Uh, you know, I've found I've found friends that have started to fill in that gap, you know, those gaps as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that like, you know, my ex, she filled a lot of roles in my life cause she was a lot of things. And, um, so I've kind of, I've definitely started to fill those with different people that, you know, sort of have those, those skills. But the thing that I miss about her the most is that she was, she was one of the funniest people that I've ever met in my life. But luckily all my friends are the funniest people in the world. I say, you know a lot of people that are funny. Yeah, so I can just go to the comedy club and I can laugh yeah. with people the same way that I will laugh with her at breakfast. So nice. it's cool. But nice. We don't, uh, you need to go get to a dinner. So I just have, real quick here, um, what, what else is coming up this year? 2017, oh, Pete. Um, we're filming season three right now of, uh, of True TV's Greatest Ever. Okay. Um, I just pitched a TV show to them in Comedy Central that I can't say the premise of. Okay. Um, I'm writing a sitcom that uh, there's already a network that is interested in it that basically told me to write it Um, because I went and had a meeting and just I told them about my life, like my life since the divorce. And um, they were like, that's a that's a sitcom. You've had every up and down. I mean, at the beginning of it, I lived in my car for a few days, you know, like. Like I'm somebody that that when people see me, sometimes they want to take pictures with me, and I was living in my car. Isn't that funny? And um, they only knew. Yeah. So, and I actually, because of Emily Galati, I think I'm going to title my sitcom Pete AF. My my sitcom is going to be called Pete as Fuck. Nice. And um, so yeah, so I think um, so I'm writing that right now. Wow. Um, yeah. I, every day, like I'll just be walking around and I tinker something into my. I just tinker with it and put it in my phone and. And I sit down and I blow out a scene and, um, but that would be, that would be really cool. Hell yeah. Um, what else is coming up? Um, pilot season's coming up. I'm going to be auditioning for a bunch of pilots. Maybe something will come out of that. Okay. Uh, I'm doing a college tour in, uh, after this week I start a college tour that goes till the end of January and then I do another college tour April through then at May. Okay. And, um, yeah, just, you know, just working and banging models dude it's just <laughs> it's just what i do you know i'm pe- i'm pete as fuck <laughs> we'll be back in a moment with hour two talking exclusively about banging hot models <laughs> oh. i'm gonna i'm gonna bro- i'm gonna pull up a website and we're just gonna go through did this maxim does that still exist do they still have a hot 100 yeah maxim that should is, be your goal pete maxim honestly. is just my roster <laughs> that's just my roster bro i can't it's so funny to me, all all my buddies, they're, they're like, dude, now that you're singing, they're, my friend Vlad has this, um, his brother is a salsa dancer, and he's, he's like, um, my friend uh, Vlad Camano, um, he had his own show on NBC, he's a really great comedian, um, his brother's a salsa dancer, and like, like the best person with the ladies ever, like a classic ladies man, mm-hmm. and his brother's writing a book called uh, um, Alone But Never Lonely. Oh yeah, and um, and so Vlad keeps saying that to me. He's like, he's like, you got to get your roster up, man. You got to be alone, but never lonely. 
I love that. Yeah. Uh, finally, where can people uh, list every social media that you're doing? All right. I'm on Google. Uh, if you Google my name, Pete Lee, you can see stuff. Okay. Um, Thank you. Yeah. You can go on the Google. I'm on Bing. Uh, same thing. Yahoo. Uh, similar. Uh, just put in my name. Results not as good, maybe. Your results not as not as comprehensive. <laughs> um, you can go. Uh, um, you can tweet at me um, at Peatley tweets. I always say it sounds like the horn of a moped. Peatley tweets. Um, if you tweet at Comedy Central uh, every single day, eight times a day, everyone that listens to this, Pete needs a new hour special. Um, you should do that too. Please do that. Okay. I, I'm starting a new campaign because I. I have like the best hour that could be a special, and I want an hour special. If from you're them. talking about the hour last night, I, I like I tweeted last night. I think you saw it. My I, cheeks hurt from laughing so much last night. And oh, that's not. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. My cheeks hurt from laughing so much. Like just smiling and laugh, smile never went away. Thank you. Yeah. I, and last night, I mean that. Last night, I wasn't even trying. <laughs> <laughs> like I was not even trying really. Last night. Um, oh, well, then I'm lying. <laughs> no, I'm, I was just being, I, I like, I'm not a cocky person, so I like being faux cocky, um, banging models. Uh, but yeah, um, and then you can go to my website, peatley.net, if you want to go somewhere where nothing's updated. Yeah. Um, nothing. My tour schedule is updated until 2013. I actually went to peatley.net for a moment this morning, and it was popping up so slowly. I'm like, you know what? I bet this thing has not been updated, and for, fuck it. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, it's the worst. I, I need to. I need to. I just need to not ever have a website. I think that I think that people's websites right now should just have a tour calendar and then a link to their Facebook. Pretty much. Like if you want to just know about somebody, look at their Facebook mm-hmm. and their tweets. But um, you, I'm on Facebook. I've I already have five thousand friends, but you can follow me. Mm-hmm. I'm Pete Lee, or like if you type in Pete Lee comic, uh, Instagram. I'm Pete Lee. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. Um, if you also want. I pitched a show to Comedy Central and True TV, and so if you want to tweet at Comedy Central or at True TV, buy Pete's show. Buy Pete's show. Buy Pete's show. B-U-Y Pete's show. Yeah, buy Pete's show. Um, That would be really helpful. Okay. Sounds good. Pete, it's been fun as always, buddy. It's been great. Thank you for having me on. Is it, this is the normally we go for like an hour and forty minutes and this is the shortest one uh, we've This ever is done. the shortest one. This is gonna be about forty five minutes because uh we started a little late and you've got dinner plans. I have dinner plans. Has anybody else ever done a short one like this? Mm-hmm. Okay. With other the same type of uh restrictions, I could say. We're dinner or dinner something else or another you, interview or you didn't like them at all <laughs> and you just wanted to not sit in there yeah yeah i have a uh, I, I go hey don't you have a dinner to get to and then yeah. they remember that they have a dinner to get to and mm-hmm. then we cut it short yeah. all right yeah. i like that <laughs> no it's not true pete thank you we're getting the light oh the light all right it's time to go bye